0: And so uh, it's an absolute privilege to be with you this evening, and uh, Kelly sends love. She's with our two kids, and Zach just finished playing rugby, so we're just trying to get the mud off the kid, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, But it's an absolute privilege to be here this uh, this evening, and when Gabe phoned me a couple months ago, seriously, my heart leapt because we follow your story, and you guys have been such a generous church. I don't even know if you know how generous you are to the city, but so many people draw strength from your strength, draw faith from your faith. Because your joy plus your joy and our faith plus your faith and your kindness plus our kindness and your grace and our grace and your mercy and our mercy, we are better together. We say this, when everyone brings something, no one lacks anything. When everyone brings something, no one lacks anything. In fact, if you look at the New Testament church, people didn't gather to get. People gathered to give. They say some brought some food, some brought some blankets. They say some brought a song, but let's be honest, they forgot something to bring. They forgot something to bring, so they were like, I'll bring you more than a song, for a song, and it's, come on now, it's not what you have required, you, okay, we're not going to, I digress, but when everyone brings something, no one lacks anything, because we are always better together. And you know, I know you've come to receive something tonight, but the most encouraging thing I can tell you this evening is that you've got something to bring. You know, isn't that just like the dirty devil? He's the deceiver before he's the accuser. And what he does is he tries to deceive you into thinking that you've got no value to add. So we go to a church and we receive value and we find the Lord and we find community and and we come maybe with this premise of I've come to receive something But actually as Christians, we know we've come to bring something. That God's put a gift in your life, and He's called you to a body to make a difference in someone else's life. In fact, your destiny is connected to serving somebody else. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. says that every single one of us have been given gifts to display His grace, to serve others, to display His grace in various forms. What does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. I'm asking great <laughs> questions tonight. Well, that means that the grace that's on your life might reach people that my grace that's on my life might not reach. But if you never go and I never go, we might never reach those people. And so that's why there's not one gift in the house. There's many gifts in the home. It's not the giving of one. It's the sacrifice of many. And that's why every single one of us have a key part to play in the body. The enemy just wants you to think, oh, well, my part, what do I really do? Do I really make a difference? Yes. God has designed you with intention. You were born on earth, but you were designed in heaven. And he's brought us all from heaven to make a difference here on earth. And he could think of no one better than you to shine light in that dark place that he's placed you. So you placed for a purpose this evening. And, and the scripture that I had when, when uh, Gabe uh, uh, phoned me, it came straight to mind, because I think about it quite often, is from First Timothy. And they'll put it up on the screen, because I have memorized it, but I just want to make sure that it's a correct translation. And it's First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And it says, my heart spills over with thanks to God for the way He continually empowers me. And to our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, who found me trustworthy and who authorized me to be His partner, His partner in this ministry. I found myself spilling over with thanksgiving to God that I get to be on His team. Like, gratitude is truly the best attitude. What a privilege that we get to do this. We don't have to do this. We get to serve the Lord. We get to serve other people. And the fact that he chose me to be on the team. Now, I don't know how. Now, when I was in primary school, I had a different physique. I know like now I'm like, Like, anyway, my wife isn't here. So that's why I can do these things. For the online recording, you should have been here tonight. Anyway. But when I was in primary school, I was still in shape, but it was more round. Round is... And so, runs a shape, and all, the, and all the wives say, amen. <laughs> anyway, run. well, I, was, I wasn't always the, the most fit guy around, so PT lesson would come, and people would choose soccer teams, and they would say, that, like, evidently, there was one extra guy, and I was the one extra guy, evidently, every time, I just thought it was a coincidence, I never really read into it, now they look back, I think I was intentionally the last guy, and the, I didn't really pick up on it, but they were saying, no, no, you can have him. No, 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 you can have him. And I thought, so many people want me like they're so kind. I'm a gift that's being given. So I, was being, I was being sowed before I even knew that I was seed. Come on now, that'll preach. You can't catch measles from someone who has mumps. <laughs> write that down. Come on. That's actually a great biblical truth, because you'll teach what you know, but only reproduce who you are. Oh, come on, you need, you need to write that down. Oh, uh, hold on, let me just write that down. That's pretty good. I'm going to... But I never used to get chosen for the cool team. I'd always get pushed over to the not cool team. And I never got chosen for the best team. Yet now I get to be part of heaven's team. And I can't believe that every single day I get to wake up and be on the winning team, on heaven's team. And the fact is that you're on his team too. That he's handpicked you to be on this team. You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by, you know mere circumstance, or because I live close. No, no, no. God could think of no one better than you. And I promise you, when you understand the privilege of serving, and if you've been in church for long enough, sometimes you can get this whole thing waxed and down. Let's just repent. Like seriously, let's just say a soft heart that, God, I get to serve you. And nothing I could ever do could repay you back for the way you served me. And so I'm so grateful, Lord, that you've chosen me to be on your team. So I want to pray tonight, and I I pray that you do catch the spirit. We're really passionate about teams at Tigerberg Hills, and we're passionate about the local church in, in South Africa, and, and so myself and Kelly head up the pl- church planting aspect of Ark and we've seen God move amazingly, and through your church's generosity, but I pray that you'd catch a heart that it's not about lifting a boat, it's about raising the tide. It's having a heart for your local house, but also having a vision for the kingdom of God. we're passionate about that that's why we believe there's a blessing there's a blessing on our house because we're passionate about not just seeing our boat life we're passionate about seeing the whole tide raise. and i think god can get on that he can get on that and saying like listen if you have a heart that could see my kingdom move forward that it's not about a church named view it's about a savior named jesus oh wow i can get on that so let's open our hearts and i don't want you to just hear me pray Won't you pray with me tonight ask the holy spirit you guys believe holy spirit in this i'm just checking holy spirit church holy spirit church okay Holy Spirit Church, uh, you believe that the Holy Spirit is here, that He's in us, He's for us, He's with us, and these speakers carry my voice to your ears, but it's only His Spirit that carries His word to your hearts. And so we need to not just open our ears, we need to open our hearts tonight. And this is the spiritual thing. I mean, we love gathering together, and we're going to have a good old time, but I'm saying it's a spiritual, I'm actually looking for a deposit from heaven, because, because He's placed you for a purpose, and we need Him to speak. So will don't you join me as we ask God to speak to us tonight. Lord, we do thank you that when the king is present, darkness is absent. That Lord, there's freedom and liberty available right now. And there's even healing in the room available. There's abundance in the room. There's a grace that's in this room. Lord, thank you that there's a brand new mercy for today. And Lord, there's a reason why we're here. You've placed us for a purpose. And so I lift every person before you right now. And I, I thank you, Lord, that they are placed for a purpose. No one is an extra. No one's an afterthought. They all have intention, destiny, inheritance, and they've got a great purpose for their life. And, and Lord, I pray we walk away with a fire stirred deep within our hearts. It's unshakable, unquenchable. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just continue to feel that flame, God, that we would see you move mightily us, God, but we also pray this big, bold prayer, won't you move through us in Jesus' name, Lord, that when we got saved, you had someone else in mind. You thought, now that I've got them, I can get them. And if i got them, I can get them. And, And Lord, I pray that we would keep praying these big prayers and saying, Lord, do something in me, but also do something through me. Let me be a good conduit of the miraculous. Let me be a good conduit of what you placed in my hands. And we lift this all to you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, do me a kind favor and turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it looks like you've lost some weight. Come on. Someone needed to hear that tonight. Someone needed to hear that tonight. Sorry, Mark. You can leave your hat on. That's a bad song. Anyway. Well, tonight, I want to inspire you to go for more, to believe God for more, and that you've been placed for a purpose. It's really, it's really great that we gather like this, because Hebrews tells us that we need to gather like this more often. In fact, it says, don't stop gathering like this, like some people are in the habit of not gathering. Hebrews will come up uh, in Hebrews 3, 2, oh, there we go, Ron, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds one another on, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the capital D day approaching, says we need to get together, so we can spur each other on, so we can do more for God, how many people know exactly what you said, that it's not taught, it's caught, and you can have a party with all the best food, all the best music, but if you haven't got anyone coming, it's not a cool party but I want to say we're better together, that we're actually more effective. Ecclesiastes says that two can do more than one can do. There's a better return for the labor. That when we gather like this, we should actually burn brighter, burn longer, burn. And and Timothy tells us that we should, Paul writes to Timothy again, another Timothy. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. Everyone say fan into flame. Fan Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying in of my hands. You need to fan it into flame. I love the fact that he also takes ownership that you need to fan your own gift. And we fan each other's gifts together, but you also need to take ownership that I'm going to own my spirituality. I'm going to own my walk with God. I'm going to own the gifts that He has with me, and I'm going to fan it into flame. It's not good enough just to be a, just a little coal by itself or just a little ember. We need to burn bright. You know, um, we've been going to Zambia for many years now, and our church has started the mission over 20 years ago, sending Paul and Marinette Van Collar, and it's just been incredible to see what's happened there. Um, we went last Uh, 12 years ago, and we haven't been able to go since Zach was born, and Zach's 10 years old now, and Isabel's 6, so she's able to take some malaria meds. So as soon as we were able to go, we went, and we went this year, and we went for just under two weeks, and it was amazing. But it's an amazing thing what happens when you start a big fire. So what you do is you go to a village, and you walk uh, kilometers each way. We send the teams out to different directions, and we go to other villages, and we invite them to the big fire. Well, well, how do they know which village? Like, how do they know where to come? Because the fire is so big, it attracts their attention. Moses was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. I'm taking care. My father-in-law actually was our founding pastor, so I was taking care of his sheep when I married his daughter. Throwing it out there. I was just taking really good care. There's a bit of job security there. Come on, Jesus. Anyway, that's, that's for a word for a young man that, I don't know if you guys have daughters, but anyway. Um, for a lady. Um, he was taking it, and the, the burning bush caught his attention enough for him to come close to receive a call. We need to burn bright enough, long enough. Fan our flame for for hot enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, "You're pretty hot." We need to fan it so big that this community, that the surrounding communities, stop what they're doing and they were just going to work to take a look what's happening inside this house, long enough for God to give them a call. We need to be burning bright. We can't just be, "Oh, it's Sunday." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Church, sure, sure, together. No one's going to come, baby, because I promise you, you're not convinced, they won't be convinced either. If you're not on fire, you can't set anyone else aflame. That's why we need to continue to gather just like this, so we can fan into flame, encourage each one and on. You can do more, I can do more. Together, we do a whole lot more. Because when everyone brings something, no one lacks anything. Because we are better together. We need to fan this into flame. Don't neglect gathering together. There's a special grace when we come under. And you know, we say when unity goes up, heaven comes down. You can't be in unity with yourself. You know that, hey. No, I'm just in unity over here. No, 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 this is my ministry over here. You guys carry on doing that. I'm doing my own thing over here. No, no, that's not, there's no blessing on that. The blessing comes under when you come under the one banner. And everyone comes under that banner all together. And unity goes up, heaven comes down. So when you're part of a team, it's, it's biblical. We know it's planted. But I want to say there's a blessing being part of a team. There's a great blessing being part of God's hands and feet, being part of his body. And so I want to give you some practical ways to build momentum uh, as we serve together. Is that okay? You're ready to grow? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking bigger already. Your arms are looking bigger already. Your arms are looking bigger already. So our good friend, my good friend, who mentors me from afar, he doesn't know I exist. His name's John Maxwell. John Maxwell, he says momentum is the leader's best friend. That's not bad. That's pretty good. I haven't done it that good before. The anointing's here. The anointing's here. Momentum is the leader's best friend. The big mo. When you've got the big mo going for you, you can knock anything out the way. Why? When you've got so much momentum, you can be like a steam train and and go through a five foot thick steel reinforced wall and just say, hey, did we hit something back there? Not even know, but when momentum's against you, it feels like you can't get going. You can put a three inch block in front of that train's wheel, doesn't get going. You need the big mo. So I thought, wow, if I could add any value, it's gonna be because we build momentum in this room and that's gonna help people break through some of the barriers. The power of momentum on team the power of momentum is on team is that someone that can't get breakthrough by themselves, you build up a spiritual momentum, you build up an expectancy which leads to your experience, you build up an expectancy in this room and they hop on your train and all of a sudden smash through those barriers that they could never get through by themselves. But it starts with a momentum, are you catching one of them? It starts with momentum in here that the health of our church is directly proportional to the health of our teams because we are the hands and feet. And so if we don't have momentum, our church doesn't have momentum, our community suffers. But if we've got momentum, we can break through barriers the enemy has had in people's lives for many years. So we've got to build momentum. It's important that we build momentum. So how do we build momentum? I'm so glad you asked. Again, just the great questions. Great questions. How do we build momentum? There's three aspects of momentum. There is a momentum maker, a momentum taker, and a momentum breaker. Let's start with momentum makers. Everyone say, I am a momentum maker. I am a momentum maker. A momentum maker is someone who steps in the room and creates movement. You can't have momentum without movement. It's just someone, it doesn't have to be a charismatic person, but not, it's someone that doesn't work just in the team. It's someone who doesn't just work on the team. It's someone who walks into the room and works for the team. Who, when they're on the pitch, when they're on the field, everyone plays better. When they're on the team, everyone feels like they've got a little bit more faith. When they're on the team, everyone has a little bit more joy. When they're on the team, they believe they can do a little bit more for the Lord. That's a momentum maker. Say, I am a momentum maker. You know what a momentum maker feels like. How many people know what a momentum breaker feels like? I don't know. If they're sitting next to you, keep looking forward. We'll get get to that later. I feel like we need to address momentum breakers later. Let's talk about momentum takers. Everyone say momentum takers. Now, momentum takers, interesting thing. A momentum taker won't add momentum. Won't take momentum away, just reflect the momentum that's there. So if there is momentum, it will just be like a mirror reflecting. So if the energy in the room is five, let's put a metric on it, they'll reflect five. If the energy in the room is two, they'll reflect two. If their energy is 10, they'll reflect 10, but they're not going to bring it. They're not going to take it away. They're merely going to reflect it. And they're just going to reflect the leader's momentum. They're just going to reflect the leader's energy. They're going to reflect the, re- the leader's faith. And that can, that can maybe be a good thing, but that can maybe also be a bad thing. But we don't want to be a momentum taker. We don't just want to be a mirror because no matter how long you stare in the mirror, it doesn't change the reflection, does it? It doesn't change anything. We need to be growing because change is the heartbeat of growth. And so we want to be growing in Jesus' name. So we don't want to be a momentum taker. And we definitely don't want to be a momentum breaker. Come on. And you know those breakers, just the e-awls. Come on, just like, come on now. Yeah on car park again just on coffee no ran out of milk again too many new people suppose i'm gonna have to go get some more milk i mean just so many problems for every solution you have like just hey no one else not my church i'm talking about another church now amen we're talking about we're talking about other church now just feel safe another church Just every, it's got so many problems for every solution. Just like, yeah, we'll never get there. That's more work. It's more earlier. You're crazy. No longer takes me to do my hair. Also, just a side note. I had hair before we launched the church. Then we launched the church and they say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I made really good friends with Nicholas Smith. And all of a sudden, I don't have any hair anymore. So I'm not saying anyone's to blame, but I'm just saying. Helpful to know. Anyway, momentum breakers. The thing about a momentum breaker is that they don't always mean to be momentum breakers. Maybe they're just E or E or doesn't mean to be E or, but E can need to grow. E can grow, so we lead ourselves to growth. Often, what I find with momentum breakers is that they don't intentionally want to break momentum. Sometimes they just want to varnish the past instead of build the future. Remember when we were smaller, it was way more intimate. Remember when we were only one location, it was way easier. We had a more tight kinoinia, you know? Let's start speaking Greek. And Greek's not bad. <laughs> we start, come on now, don't, don't look backwards. Don't look sideways. We want to build unity in Jesus' name. <laughs> just say unity. We want to break anything over here. But they, they'd rather varnish the past. Let's, let's just put another coat on it instead of build something new for the future. And, and they reminisce about the good old days. No, today's the good old days. Right now's the good old days. In fact, the good old days are still yet to be made. We believe that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. We believe that. That's why we're willing to pioneer. That's why we're willing to take a risk. We're not, we're not garnishing the past and say, oh, well, that's, so, that's a terrible way to live. We're saying, no, God's got something better for the future. He's got something better. Say, I am a momentum maker. Momentum maker. And you know what? You need to make a decision tonight. Who are you going to be every time you have to pull up onto the field? Every time. You need to make a decision. Am I going to be a momentum maker, momentum taker, or momentum breaker? And you need to, no one can do that for you. You can take a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. Before you step onto premises, onto team, onto facility, onto the internet ministry, whether you're on kids or you're on coffee, whatever it is, you need to decide today, I am going to be a momentum maker, taker, or breaker. You need to decide. Fan your own gift into flame. And that's empowering. That's not even like an indictment or anything. That's just like, I get to choose to be a momentum maker. I get to choose that when I'm on team, everyone else feels like they have a little bit more faith. They've got a little bit more expectancy. They've got a little bit more joy. They trust God for a little bit more so that we can build momentum so we can see barriers broken in Jesus' name. It's a spiritual thing. In fact, the Bible says you should never lack zeal. Romans chapter 12 will come up in three. Oh, Eeyore's still there, shame. Was he there the whole time? Yeah. Lord, we left Eeyore before you. There we go. No, now Timothy, we're talking about Romans chapter 10 from 10 to 12. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. It says, never be lacking in zeal or serving the Lord. In other words, you can serve the Lord without zeal. I'm just, I'm serving the Lord. No, bro, I'm serving the Lord. Yeah, take the water over there. It's good. Done my job. Tick the box. Served on Sunday. It's great. Did the kids do Okay, gonna go back home. You served the Lord, but you had no zeal. It says, never be lacking in zeal. And if you're never gonna be lacking in zeal, you need some other people to encourage you sometimes. Because how many people know life goes up and down, up and down, and and sometimes you need people in summer when you're going through winter, and you need people in spring when you're going through autumn. That's the beauty of the church. It's not uniformity. It's our diversity that makes us strong. Because when I'm going through winter, someone else is going through summer, they can say, don't forget, it's going to get warmer. When I'm going through autumn, when I feel like I've lost things, I feel like I've lost a bit of, I've lost a bit of something. Someone else in spring, God's given birth to new life and gives me hope to believe the best is yet to come. That's why we better together. Are you getting the picture here? This is why the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Or the ear says, I don't need you. In fact, they're placed exactly where the Lord wanted them to be. Every single one of you, a place where the Lord wanted you to be. There's this, uh, there's, this, there's this bridge that was built in Honduras. That's how you pronounce it. If you don't pronounce it like that, you were wrong. Honduras. And, uh, and they built this bridge. And it's, and it's going to come up over here. It's called the oh, bridge. You didn't get the bridge? There's no bridge. Well, now this is lame. Ah, team like, ah, oh, run, you got me. No, there's no bridge. It's okay. They built this bridge in Honduras. I don't actually know what it's called. I was going to say Chiquito. But we won't know. So now I'm just going to carry on. It's actually called Dino's Bridge. <laughs> they actually named it after me. It's fine. It's the, the whole country actually following me. But anyway, that's that's fine. In Honduras, they built this bridge, and they built this bridge over this river. But they didn't take a look at the geology of the land, and they built it in 1998. After five years, the river moved. It migrated, so they have a bridge over dry land, and the river's on the other side. They built the bridge to get people from one side of the river to the other side of the river, but the river shifted. Now, there's still people who walk over the bridge when you can literally just walk right under it. The bridge is there. Listen, this is what some people do. We've built this bridge. We'll keep walking over the same thing. It's not helping anyone get across the water. I say we'll do whatever it takes to be a momentum maker because a momentum breaker says, well, we built the bridge. We've got to honor the bridge. No, 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 we don't honor the method. We honor the mission. We do whatever it takes to win people for Christ. One Corinthians nine tells us, and I agree with Paul. Paul says, "I became a Jew to the Jews, I became a, a Greek to the Greeks, I became a Gentile to the Gentiles, I became the weak to the weak. I don't know if I can become weak to, but I, I, came, I became all things, especially not Mark. I became all things to all men, so that some might be saved, and I might share in the blessing of sharing the gospel. All things to all men. That means whatever it takes. A momentum is a momentum maker. Someone whatever it takes." Whatever it takes to get people into the kingdom of heaven and out of the kingdom of hell. Whatever it takes. When you go to Zambia, there's a clear, there's a clarity. Because where there's greater clarity, there's deeper conviction. The enemy, he functions in ambiguity and chaos. Where he's sort of like uncertain, like, you know, I don't know. But where there's clarity, there's conviction. Like you, when you've got a more of a clarity of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of hell, and your role in it, I promise you there's deeper conviction. Like you're not in church because the Lord gave you a promotion or, I mean, there's all these good things, but actually no, I'm part of the kingdom of light and I want other people to be part of it. So I'm going to build a bridge from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and do whatever it takes as a momentum maker to win them for the gospel. So I'll be all things to all men. So I'll do kids church, I'll do coffee. This isn't my ministry. No, I'll do whatever it takes to win people for Jesus. That is a momentum maker. And so I've just come to tell you that I know you've come to receive something, but that you've got something to bring. That you are placed for a purpose. That when everyone brings something, no one lacks anything. Never be lacking in zeal. Come together. Fan each other into flames. spur one another on to do greater things for God. Because your joy plus my joy, and your faith plus my faith, and your grace plus my grace, and your kindness and our kindness, and generosity and generosity, we can do a whole lot more together than we can ever do apart. That when unity goes up, heaven comes down. And when we get tighter... That's actually when we get stronger. Penguins in the Arctic, you know how they stay warm? They huddle together. The fat ones go on the outside. The skinny ones stay on the inside. I'm not saying where you need to be in the huddle right now. That's true. The king penguin. The king penguin stands at 1.1 meters tall. I've got some statistics. And what happens is, wherever the wind blows, where the fattest penguins go, and they protect the babies on the inside. They can be in a colony of a thousand. Oh, you think I'm playing games here? I'm no, i I, watch, I read the Bible and i watch National Geographic and sometimes play with my kids. That's what I do full time. And, and they rotate and they protect the younger penguins on the inside and then they get cold and they rotate, they get warm on the inside and they go back on the outside again. We are always better together. We've got to be, because your winter and your autumn has someone else has got a summer, someone else has got a spring. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a mixed breed. I'm what you call a bit of a brak. But let's be honest, braks never die. If you want to really be Lani, I'm an Afrikaner. Like that's the kind of dog. Afrikaner brak, no? You never heard of that? Listen, we're on the other side of the Bournemouth's curtain. I, we learn things on that side. I mean, I grew up in unstable view. I mean table view. And um, I grew up in this part of the city. And then I migrated to that part of the Boroville's curtain. And we do, we do take a look at what happens on this side, but we are on the land of milk and honey. And, and so I'm a bit of a, a mixed breed uh, genetically. I mean, obviously you can see that. Half Demi, I'm not sorry. Um, almost said Demi mua. No one even knows who that is anymore. <laughs> what? Yeah, G.I. Jane. It's got the same haircut. And, uh, and so on my mom's side, My mom's side, they come from Woodstock. How many people know all the good stock come from Woodstock? Come on now. So my mom's side, they got some Woodstock in them. They got some crazy in them. (laughs) My Opie, he's awesome. He taught me how to fight when I was six. He was covered in tattoos all over his body. He put eyes on his eyelids. He tattooed eyes on his eyelids. He was blind for three months. When he was sleeping, you'd think he's awake. That messes with you. You don't get over that. So he was covered in tattoos, whole body covered in tattoos. He'd walk around without a shirt. Often, I was like, "This oh, scary dude." He loved me, he, like he was awesome. I followed him everywhere. It was terrible. Like he's like on the bathroom, like, "Hi," loved my opie, best guy. He taught me how to fight. He may have had a couple of the spirit was moving before that. I remember I was six years old. He taught me how to fight. Says first thing, Tony, They come a touch is a move. A touch is a move. They touch you, you don't hit them with your hands because that's where they're looking. You hit them with the head. I'm six. You hit them with the head very hard, right in their nose, and you put it in. Hit them with the head really hard. It says before you hit them, you stand on their foot. Then you hit them with the head, and they'll fall over. And you make sure they don't get up again. I was like, Yes, Opa. I remember I was like a Jackie. They used to call me Diabito. I'm like, you're going to finish that? He did teach me something. He did teach me something to defend myself. But there was a little crazy in the Woodstock side of the family. I learned a great, a great couple of things. He did tell me that once you hit him with the head, you need to move from the last place you were standing. Because he's probably going to swing to where you were standing, even if you can't see. There was a sermon in there. Because if you haven't moved since getting saved, you hit the devil in the face, but you need to keep moving. Come on now, that's a... Oh, that just came in right now. I don't know if you guys do that stuff, but many things happen in the hill. So we got the good stock from Woodstock from my mom's side of the family. But my dad's side of the family, we got them, them also very loud and spicy italianos. The Dino Donatello Cicatello. And I used to go to my grandparents uh, over the weekend sometimes. My Italian side of the family and to school holidays and uh, grandparents in Italian is Nono and Nonna. Nono is your grandfather and your Nonna is your grandmother. And I only know three words in Italian, which we'll explain a lot in a moment. You'll understand why. I know three words. It's venequi, stazita, si mangia, which means come here, shut up and eat. Those right. are the only three words I know because I heard it all the time veniqui, venequi, venequi. stazita, stazita, si mangia, si mangia, which actually explains a lot to my body shape and my. Guys, I can't even chew on an idea and I put on weight. Like, it's crazy. That's why I joined Setup Team, because you burn calories. That's all I wanted to do. Anyway, and so uh, I used to hang out with my gran and over weekends and holidays, my Italian granny, and uh, she taught me how to knit. That's what she did. She taught me how to knit. So what you do is you start from the one, you put it through, you loop it around, you carry it over to the other side. That's how you do it. Come on uh, now. This is a skill. And uh, so I, I got pretty proficient at knitting. It wasn't something I told my friends. It wasn't like, hey, mix it. <laughs> bop, bop, mix it, cool. Hey, just knitting. Hashtag MySpace. You guys don't even know what that is. I used to have, while well, everyone's out skiing and going and skateboarding, one over a little That's what I did with my weekends. And then obviously, Vannequist, he might just do it. <laughs> So my grand, she's amazing. So she was teaching me how to knit and then I wanted to knit, I wanted to knit an image. I wanted like a bear onto a jersey. Why the lack of confidence? Why is everyone going, oh, where's the belief people? I can do all things. Okay, I didn't know that back then. But anyway, I would have misquoted scripture there. And so I was doing this and she would say, okay, you wanna build, you, you, wanna, you wanna make this image? Let's go. So I'd start knitting. Then she said, add this color, take this color away. Add this color, take this color away. Add this brown, 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 blue, brown, 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 yellow, brown, yellow, brown, brown. So I couldn't figure it out. I don't know what I was doing. She just told me the colors. It seemed so random and erratic. Seriously, I was like, I thought my grandma was like same. Old, like old, I think she was like a little early onset dementia, dim- dim- but she wasn't. She was Vakar. She was scarp and she also gave a good backhand if I was cheeky. Anyway, still feel them now. Um, and she was just telling me all these colors as I was knitting, and it seemed so random, seemed so erratic, but as I followed her guidance, at the end of that weekend, I looked up and it was a picture of a bear. Yes, the one ear looked a bit weird, okay? You can tell it was a bear, it looked like a dog. The snout was a bit weird. But I was following her, her guidance, and without her guidance, and honestly, in the moment, it seemed so random, the most random thing ever but it's like the tapestry of our gifts. It's like it seems random and dislocated, like that, we're doing this and we're doing this and then then you add this gift and then then you add this passion and then then you add this person and then you add this, and it seems so erratic, but when you're trusting the voice that you're hearing that knows how it's gonna end in in the final analysis, all of a sudden you've got a whole lot more confidence. It doesn't matter what color's in your hand. It's just that you're putting it in part of the bigger story, weaving it together, trusting the one that's got the bigger picture in mind. I wanna tell you tonight, That we are like tapestry. And God brings our gifts together. He knows what the end picture is going to be. And he weaves it all together as we trust him each step of the way. I'm over here. I'm doing this now. I'm doing that now. I'm doing this now. Oh, these gifts are coming in. Oh, it's actually all for his glory. It's all for his fame. It's all for his splendor. It's all for his image. It's never been about a church named View. It's always been about a Savior named Jesus. It's never been about my gift. It's always been about his glory. It's never been about me being the leader of the team. It's about the team winning. I want to be a momentum maker. Because when everyone brings something, no one lacks anything. Can we stand to our feet? I want to pray for you tonight. And it's been such a privilege to be with you this evening. And uh, I want to honor the Life Changers team and the Life Changers story. And, and uh, Mikey and the guys that are getting uh, ordained for eldership, just, just the best. I used to teach Mikey phys ed in our house. And now look how it's paid off. He's a direct descendant of spiritual fruit right now. Surely... You know, they say physical training is of some value. So I had a part to play. I'm just saying, Mike, you're my spiritual son. Gosh, I think I took him for three phys ed lessons and he's following, teach what you know, but reproduce who you are. In heaven one day, it's just gonna be a discernment. Like Mike, remember me. Let me in, he said I can come in. Like, anyway, I wonder if you can lift your hearts to heaven right now and, and maybe you can do a little bit of stock take about maybe I've been a momentum taker, I've just been attending. Maybe I've just been reflecting. Maybe at times I've been a momentum breaker. I've been varnishing the past, but God wants to build something big in the future. But tonight I'm going to decide by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be a momentum maker. Because it's not just the breakthrough for my family. Actually, I found the greatest freedom in my life not fighting for my own freedom. I found the greatest freedom in my life fighting for someone else's freedom. And all of a sudden, when I fought for someone else's door to be open, God started opening up doors for me. So come on, let's lift our hearts to heaven, and I'm praying the Holy Spirit will stir something deep within you. And Lord, we just come before you right now, first and foremost, as your children. Thank you, Lord, that this this is who we are before what we do. That we can come boldly before our Father, who is pleased with us, who loves us, who wants us close. Who doesn't just want us to be Martha to get things done, wants us both to be Mary and Martha, to sit and worship at His feet, and from that place overflow into good works. Lord, we don't do good works to be saved. We do works because we are saved. That we get to do this, Lord, we can't believe that you chose us to be on your team. So, God, our heart does spill over with gratitude. We are a thankful, grateful people that you chose us to be on your team. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us gifts to add to others' lives. And and Lord, to whom much is given, much is required. Your word says. And I pray tonight that you would uncover what the enemy has been trying to conceal. The great gifts, the great destiny, the great inheritance that's in our lives. And Holy Spirit, you would stir it up. As we gather together, we can do more together than any time we can do anything apart. And I pray there's such a blessing on this house as we stand in unity to say that we want to lift the name of Jesus higher. That As we look beyond the building, as we look beyond the program, as we look beyond just the the formalities and, and things, God, we see the heart of heaven. And we say, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, we pray for an anointing tonight. I pray a blessing on every volunteer. I thank you that when we put the kingdom first, God, we never last. And we seek first your righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto us. We don't do it for the other things. But we thank you that you promise us other things. So we lift this church before you. And we thank you that they are a city on a hill. And God, they are an inspiration to so many. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.